Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. And my guest, Dr. Janelle Charles-Williams, the Communications and Marketing Manager, and Mrs. Dorothy Graham Charles, the Wellness Coordinator, employees at the Medical Benefits Scheme here in Antigua and Barbuda. Dr. Williams, share with us a little of your role at the Medical Benefits Scheme. Yes, so I'm the Communication and Marketing Manager at MBS, and it's a liaison between the different publics uh, that the Medical Benefits Scheme has. So internal uh, staff, and as a result, we would... Um, do an internal magazine to advise staff of new and interesting things within MBS. We'll also um, put on little activities just to create a little excitement. So, for instance, National Day is coming up or National Dress Day is coming up. We'll encourage staff to dress up. We'll take pictures. We'll share on our Facebook. We'll also perhaps uh, send some pictures to the media as well. You know, just create some excitement and, and keep morale, you know, high and interesting and give people something different to do, you know, something to look forward to as well as our external publics, and that would be communicating the policies, the expectations of our employers, our beneficiaries towards the MBS, advising them of changes, as changes as maybe simple from our perspective, but definitely a big deal for beneficiaries when the pharmacies are closed or when we have extended hours for the Christmas season. So just keeping the external public aware of what's happening with MBS, any changes, any additions to benefits, and, you know, just keeping people informed on both sides of the divide, the public, out, the persons out there, and the internal, the persons within. Okay, thank you very much. Dr. Williams, it's time for us to get into knowing some benefits we can acquire from the Medical Benefits Scheme. Well, Dorothy nicely spoke of a huge component of some of our benefits in terms of talking about the work of the prevention department and talking about the nutritional nutritional counseling that she offers, as well as the great success that she's had with her, some of her patients, as well as the walks and runs and activities within the school from your skip rope to your um, nutrition 
um, based events such as the Smart Dollar Healthy Recipe Competition, which this year, as in other years, was quite successful. Some great recipes from students, some of which I will whisper to you will be in our upcoming <laughs> calendar. And it's always a well, heavily sought after calendar because of the fantastic um recipes that are in it and i'd like you to know that you know you won't be disappointed uh this year at the end of the year with our calendars and the fantastic recipes that they have in it uh but other than the new than the prevention uh benefits uh, from the prevention department many people would know that you can get benefits as well from the pharmacy pharmaceuticals uh, medication so to speak for 11 chronic diseases that we cover and of course some of those um Diseases, you know, the hypertension, diabetes, glaucoma, sickle cells, uh, sickle cell anemia. Um, you know, we have one called certified lunacy. May not sound politically correct, but it's for persons, you know, that have um, challenges, um, mental challenges, or even issues. I would imagine with the brain, so to speak. Um, and a number of other areas, cardiovascular diseases, what have you. Uh, so we offer um, the medication to deal to help um, be our beneficiaries manage those conditions. Uh, we also offer our beneficiaries, persons who are who carry a medical benefit scheme card, who are registered with the medical benefit scheme, they can also benefit from a basket of services at the Mount St. John's Medical Center. And so oftentimes, other than children and persons who are over 60, you as a young person or a person one would, um, the law under the law, would expect to be uh, gainfully employed as persons between 16 and not yet 60, um, you would go to Mount St. John's Medical Center and get a slew of services and may not have a bill at the end of the day. It means that your medical benefits scheme benefits are kicking in and as such that on a monthly basis, the medical benefit scheme provides or gives Mount St. John's Medical Center $1 million to take care of our beneficiaries. So when people have questions, my medical benefit scheme money is not working for me. I, As some people say, I throw the medical benefits money and I get nothing. When you walk into Mount St. John's and you walk out without a bill, this is your medical benefit scheme money kicking in. So that's one fantastic benefit. And I know for somebody, it's um, for many people it's a major major benefit we know health care costs a lot of money and sometimes at that particular point in time we just don't have it yeah so that's a a big benefit and also we do reimbursements uh, for your your lab visits and your diagnostic tests so for instance if you walk into a private lab um you if you walk into a private lab you know for whatever test your doctor indicated that you should take blood work or even diagnostic tests your x-ray your ultrasound you may do at a doctor's office and what have you you bring in that receipt to us and we will um, reimburse you. Now, I can't say 5%, 10%, 50%, whatever. It is based on the 
the what the public hospital would have charged you in that instance we talk about Halberton would have spoken about Halberton Hospital or even Mount St. John's Medical Center so sometimes so for instance you somebody would have would go to a a private facility and will do an MRI and an MRI would cost about $1,800 or thereabouts. Um, the medical benefit scheme for that specific um, exa- um, test, I know, would reimburse you about $900. So it, it varies, um, as well as we would reimburse you or would provide some level of support. And I say level of support for your overseas um, treatment. And I say support because at no point in time can MBS, based on the contribution received, fully pay out anybody for that overseas uh, treatment they received. In some instances, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, But the MBS, on average, would provide you a maximum of $4,500 for that overseas trip. I know it doesn't sound close to what you would have paid in many, many instances, but is some sort of support, some sort of help. And we know that every dollar goes a long, long, long way. Um, and I say all that to say it. MBS's uh, reimbursement fees is not... It's not on par with what you, what the private sector would charge. As I said, is what the hospital would have charged, and you know, hospital, uh, well, based on our said, would have charged would charge significantly less. So it's it's not at the par of um, private cost, uh, private sector cost, and so if you do a. a if you have a service that costs fifty thousand um, dollars, you know you will not be able to get fifty thousand dollars. It's just not at that kind of level. But definitely, MBS provides some financial support, and I would imagine when you have a challenge, um, every dollar goes a long way. But it is for, it is a, a fantastic service um, in terms of the reimbursement. In some cases, you get almost a hundred percent. In some instances, in some instances, it's fifty. And in some instances, it's a little less. But we MBS provide that financial support. Also, we provide reimbursement for doctor's visits um, for the 11 chronic diseases that we cover. And so if you would have gone to your private physician, uh, your by your biyearly visits or your every quarter visits because you suffer from hypertension or diabetes or glaucoma or what have you, you get a $30 back uh, from your visit. Now, I know some people may say, oh, my goodness, $30 only. I have to pay $200, $250. But like I said, every dollar does count. And what you can do is that you can amass your 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 your, your receipts although you can't let it pass 90 mm-hmm. days. So if you would have been to two different doctors, you went to your eye specialist for your glaucoma, and then you went to your GP uh, or your, your private physician for your diabetes or your hypertension, that's two bills, that's $60 there, and you would have perhaps done some blood work, mm-hmm. so you, you would bring in all those okay. documents, Um and so you would get, so you'd get, um, you know, one, 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 one stop and you would get your reimbursement for those different um, uh, doctor's visit and your lab test. Now, when making a claim on refunds, what is the procedure? 
But a couple of things you have to be mindful of, even though there's a benefit, there's some obligations. There are a few. So, for instance, when you bring in a receipt for, for your $30 back from your doctor's visit, you must have a receipt from the doctor that is duly stamped and your name correct as appears as it appears on your MBS smart card. So everything must, you know, be in line. Also, you must visit a registered doctor. So even though you have a cousin who's a doctor but not registered with um, the the medical council here in medical benefits okay. in, in Antigua and Barbuda, that receipt, that um, receipt would not work. So it must be duly registered in the state of Antigua and Barbuda. And there are some persons, um, I would say, that are doctors, um, practicing doctors, but are not registered. So, for instance, if you went to that specific do- doctor, we would not be able to honor that receipt. So it must mm-hmm. be a doctor that is uh, recognized and has, and has been granted permission to practice in Antigua and Barbuda. Yes, and so your receipt must have your doctor's name. It must have a, a stamp, and that stamp will also have the doctor's uh, registration number. And, of course, for reimbursement, that um, uh, the receipt should be stamp paid. I know in some instances, if you're... Your insurance, your private insurance is paying a component of, of, of your, your invoice. Um, you would bring the balance. MBS would cover the balance on, on, on that receipt. So these are some, some fantastic benefits. Yeah. Um, but, of course, there are some additional obligations, of course, apart from bringing your receipt from um, within the 90-day um, window. Um, you must have a medical benefit scheme card, and so you must be registered with the medical benefit scheme to benefit. Mm-hmm. You must be a card-carrying member. You are listening to Lighthouse Conversation on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, and presently I am speaking with Dr. Mrs. Janelle Charles-Williams, the Communications and Marketing Manager at the Medical Benefit Scheme here in Antigua. Mrs. Williams is sharing the benefits we can obtain from MBS. Mrs. Williams... How can someone contribute to the scheme? So for you to register with the medical benefit scheme, you need to bring in your documents. Um, you would need to bring in your, your passport and your social security card, especially if you are non-Antiguan but you are employed here. If you don't have that document and you're an Antiguan, you bring in your birth paper and you, as well as an ID, a government-issued ID. Every person who member of the medical benefit scheme from the past or who wants to be or who hasn't re-registered need to re-register to have that card with the with the picture ID. And so at no point in time would the pharmacy or uh, the customer service honor that old card we had before, that yellow uh, plastic a card, um, so we no longer use that. You must have your, your proper MBS card with the picture. Um, so you must register with the medical benefit scheme and become a member. And if you are a member um, from the employer's side, if you you have to pay in contributions, because the only way we can do all that fantastic work that Dorothy spoke about and be able to get the benefits at Mount St. John's Medical Center and be able to get reimbursements and to get the medication at the pharmacy, which can be so expensive if you had to buy it privately, you must register. You must have a card. But the the employers must also pay their contributions. 
What percentage is deducted from the earnings of an employee and the employer? It, it varies. Um, so if you are a regular employed person, uh, you would pay 3.5, would come out from your salary, and your employer would match it. Um, if you are self-employed, you would pay 5% of your earnings. Um, there's also an age component. So if you are over 60 and you're self-employed, over 60 but not yet 70, then you pay 2%. 2% of your earnings. And if a employer has a person working in their employment that is 60 but not yet 70, they would take out 2.5% of from that person's wages and the employer would not match it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and of course, if you're over 70 and you still work, well, we say you don't have to, to contribute. If you're over 70, 70 and still work, okay. um, zero expectation in terms of. But it's so important that our employers paying their contribution and pay it on time. Mm-hmm. Because as you can imagine, we have a, a, a heavy load to carry in terms of ensuring that the machinery works in terms that we make our contributions to the Mount St. John's Medical Center so they can provide timely service as well and so that we have the necessary cash to make uh, those other reimbursements as well. So we encourage them to pay on time and that timing is before the 14th, the 14th or before. So if you're paying for, we are in... October. So you'd pay for your for October in by the 14th of November. You have a a 14 14 day grace period in which to pay. And so we encourage all employers to pay their contributions on time as well as to ensure that they submit the R3As. That is the remittance form. It's a green form. A green form. Make sure you you submit that on time with the payments, and to ensure that it's filled in its entirety. Uh, we know sometimes employers bring in the form; it doesn't have all the information, and if it doesn't have all the information, mistakes can happen. So if you bring it in and it doesn't have your registration number as an employer, or you just have your employee's name and. Yes, so they have Janelle Charles Williams, but they might put J. Charles today and next week they might put Janelle Williams. And then the, the next month they might put Dion Williams, my middle name. Or So it confuses the system. We're not sure if it's a new person and that sort of thing. So we're saying that put the correct MBS number as it appears on the person card as well as their name so we can match and they know discrepancies. And the discrepancies can become problematic, especially if it's a person who recently started working. So the person just left school and they would have acquired six months of contribution. But when we when they come to register or when they come to collect the card and we're looking through the system, we cannot find that John Doe. We find in some instances they may have been referred to John Doe, D. Doe or something else. And so it becomes a challenge. So we encourage employers to ensure that when you're sending the R3, it is filled out correctly and it's signed as well. And especially all the employees, their name and their MBS number is recorded on the document because we don't want a challenge where persons cannot benefit. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, it, it just 
throws everybody out of work, persons become anxious, irritable, and it's just not a pleasant experience. So let's do what we have to do. And so employers must, of course, send in the documents in time, fill it in its entirety, and encourage all the employees to register. Some people have employees who are not registered, and so you're just sending the contribution and we don't know who's it for. How can we cannot figure it out at the medical benefit scheme? You have to help us. And so we're urging our employers to do that. And, of course, we have a group of people called invigilators at the medical benefit scheme. They go out, and I know some employers may feel perhaps intimidated when they come in or when they ask questions. They are really there to help you ensure that you are meeting your obligations and that there are no challenges. So they will ask you for your R3As and, you know, remind you that they should be in time. And so they're only there to help you, mm-hmm. help yourself, so to speak. And at least once a year, they will visit an employer and ensure that everything is okay. Uh, would look at their books as well uh, to ensure that, you know, the documentation corresponds to what's mm-hmm. happening on the field. And they may ask a couple of questions, count your employees. They may ask you for your 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 pay stubs to ensure that, you know, everything correlates. And so when they call you to indicate that they're coming to do an audit, don't be intimidated at all. Um, They walk you through the process and let you know what it is that they need. Um, They actually send a a report at the end of the the visit to let you know whether there were any gaps. So they're really here to help you ensure that you are meeting your obligations to the medical benefit scheme. And at the end of the day, it's about really ensuring that your employees can get their benefits and maintain their benefits. So it, it, it's a circle, um, and it's all of us helping each other and ourselves, really. I have to emphasize that it's important that all working persons are registered with the Medical Benefits Scheme. It's so sad, though. Sometimes people walk in and you recognize they've worked for quite a number of years and they find themselves in a particular predicament, whether they have a chronic disease and need medication urgently, and they have no medical benefit scheme card. And I can just imagine it's a pretty... It's, it's, it's not a nice place to find yourself, especially when you need that help urgently, you know, and so we encourage people to register. You are young and strapping and you may say, oh, don't worry with that. But when you find yourself in that situation, you really need the help. And so I say, just get the MBS card and don't leave it at customer service and say, oh, it's fine there. I would not have lost it. Uh, so I wouldn't have to find $75 to replace it. Have it on your person or keep it safely at home. But come in and get it because the same uh, challenge occurs when you find yourself in a situation on the weekend. You need to go to the hospital and somebody's giving you a bill and you're going crazy, you know. Get your MBS card, have it so when it's, when you need to show it, you show it and said, you know, 
I'm taken care of. Here's my MBS card. So MBS basically is your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're a very, very, very good friend. Um, although sometimes when you're out there and you at the peak of good health, you figure, no, these people are not my friend. But you just never know. Um, and it's important to have your card. And employers encourage your employees to register. And yes, mommies and daddies can register the children as well. Yes. Well, we would encourage you to necessarily do it to your two-week-old baby because we uh, there's a component of fingerprinting, and so we encourage you to let the baby mature a little bit. But, of course, if there is a situation where the baby needs to do a lot of tests and what have you, and, you know, you would want to ensure that you are reimbursed for those tests, then by all means, you come in and talk to the customer service agent, and you all can work out that issue for that particular situation. Uh, but yes, you can re-register your nine-year-old, your six-year-old, your four-year. You can register your 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 children. Of course, you need the passport, and or in that, or then you can have the birth paper and the passport sort of thing to say that you know this child is Antiguan or what have you. But yes, especially if you, if perhaps your child is sickly or suffer from one of the chronic uh, non-communicable diseases that we cover, yes, we encourage you to re-register, re-register that child or register that child. You are listening to Lighthouse Conversation on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. And presently, I am speaking with Dr. Mrs. Janelle Charles-Williams, the Communications and Marketing Manager at the Medical Benefits Scheme here in Antigua. Mrs. Williams is sharing the benefits we can obtain from MBS. So you're saying if there is no issue with the child health-wise, you can still register the child? Yeah, you could still because um, I tell you, sometimes just issues crop up. Sometimes you find out by accident your child has asthma or things just happen. Or maybe routine uh, checks, your doctor send you to do some blood work for um, your CDC um, just to find out what's, you know, whether your child has issues with anemia, what have you. Just a routine investigation and you may find out, yes, I paid $300 and, you know, you 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 want some level of reimbursement, you could do that. And even if you, for, for instance, I recall when I brought my daughter to the clinic, sometimes they do send you to find out if your child is a sickler or whatever, just mm-hmm. general and basic um, investigations, and you may, may want to seek um, com- yeah. reimbursement from MBS. Now, Dr. Williams, what is the penalty given to an employer who deducts from their employee but does not pay into the scheme? And how much does that affect the employee and what can they do? And that is the employee to protect their benefits. We don't penalize our beneficiaries because the employer did not pay into the scheme. Where it may become a bit of a challenge in the first instance, until all the kinks are work out, is worked out, is if the person um, is a new registrant. Yes, it might be a bit, it might be a bit bumpy, but we do not um, penalize our beneficiaries because the employers have not lived up to the expectations or the obligations. But we would go through a process. We encourage employees to drop in with, of course, and provide an ID to indicate that, to just find out if their employers have been paying into the scheme. And if it becomes an issue, then they um, we follow up with a conversation with the individual 
regulators and they would go out into the field and do some further investigation. But if you if if you have a, a concern, you can definitely check and mm-hmm. we can follow up. Okay. Yes. When a person is on sick leave, they do not pay MBS. Mm-hmm. Or when you're on maternity leave, you do not pay MBS. Okay. So if I work for $10 and usually my employee would have taken out a full $2, hypothetically, um, if I am sick or if I was sick for the whole month, then you would not have paid that $2 into the MBS. Yeah, but when the employer would have sent in the R3A, that green form, the remittance form, they would indicate that the employee was sick for the period. Because when you send that document, we'll say, but something is wrong. If Mary Jane always paid in $2 for employer, employee, why all of a sudden? So you have to have a notation to say employee is on maternity leave or employees out on sick leave. And just not sick leave, is certified sick leave. So the doctor would have submitted a form to indicate that he had seen the person, the employee, and her certified unsuitable or unable to, to work. So if I just call in though and say, oh, I'm not too well today, I have a splitting headache, mm-hmm. and I call in for two days, that uh, that would not count. Mm-hmm. It has to be certified sick leave. Okay. Join us next week on Lighthouse Conversation as we continue our discussion on health and benefits with Dr. Mrs. Janelle Charles-Williams and Mrs. Dorothy Graham. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or Lighthouse, B-I-M-I, at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454. Or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268-782-1454. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear Lighthouse Conversations Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM. Or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.